Warning. The following content may contain elements that are not suitable for some audiences. Viewer discretion is advised. Scream, it's the Tash Show. Everybody hacking, everybody just wants more with the action. Hip Hop Jones got the music blasting. Better watch out, it's all he's asking. Over like Rover, he keeps it real, he's no joker. Original, he's no poser, no competition, he's the owner. There I'm moving speakers closer, cause it's time to tune in to the Tash Show. All right, here we go. Monday, it's a Monday edition of the Tash Show, and I want to be the first to thank you for joining us live on TashShow.com. If you're watching or listening there, maybe you're checking out the audio on demand at uh, iTunes or Spotify or TuneIn. Thank you for that. Or you're checking out the video on demand at TashShow.com. Thanks for your support. Very much appreciated. I'm uh, going to talk about Raw. Today's Tuesday. I think I said Monday edition. My bad. It's weird because, you know, Yesterday was Labor Day, so it's actually Tuesday edition of the Cash Show. So I think a lot of people will make that mistake today where it feels like it's a, a Monday. So it was an extended weekend. And now here we are in the work week, and it is Tuesday. So happy Tuesday, as they're saying at the water cooler. We will talk uh, raw here a good amount uh, in this episode. Uh, also, there'll be no Mike Johnson here today. Uh, so Mike Johnson will probably be back next week. I believe Mike had jury duty. And, uh, and to be frank, uh, the show was jammed anyway. Uh, yesterday, uh, early in the day, I, I wanted to reach out to uh, Mike, myself, and let him know that it would be tough to have him on today anyway. So it worked out good in regards to the way my show was segmented today. So no Mike Johnson. I know a lot of you guys love Mike. You can catch all of his content over at um, PW Insider. And Dave Shear and those guys, so uh, support them. They do a good job. So go over to pwinsider.com, excuse me, and you can do your get all your Mike Johnson content there, and Dave Shear and those other guys over there. So check those guys out. They're good dudes. Um, in this episode here, yeah, we're gonna try later on to get to some spitball with sports, but uh, raw for sure. Want to get at that right away? Markology uh, today was gonna be the first word, up oh, first word, yeah, kind of first word for the week. How we're gonna do this? Where? We throw a word out there and, and uh, from the wrestling business and then try and find uh, a word for the new language to fit. That will not happen today. We'll do that later in the week. Uh, not in the mood to do today. I have too much other stuff to handle. Uh, also, the phone calls. Uh, a lot of people calling the show ready. If you guys want to call the show and talk raw or whatever you want to talk, you can do that at 866-475-2948. That's an 866-475-2948. So you could do that over there. Uh, wow, what a main event we had. What a main event we had last night on Raw. And uh, that is what I want to talk about right out of the box. Uh, and also this episode, I want to talk about Jason Jordan's performance. I'll get into that in a little while. So sit tight if you want to talk about that or listen to that. But wow, 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 wow. Uh, this main event with the big show uh, and Braun Strowman, I have to be honest, when... They first started um, hyping this match, you know, uh, that it was going to happen. I really didn't care, to be honest. I figured out oh, this is going to be a clunky match. Two big, huge guys usually doesn't equal up to good, uh, good uh, technical wrestling or high spots, and um, usually doesn't get turn into good storytelling. Usually, uh, most people kind of phase out or kind of veg out when they're watching. 
these you know two big monsters have at it. Uh, that didn't happen last night, guys. Uh, this was a cage match, and these two big some bitches busted their asses. And I, I they need. Uh, I'm sure the locker room gave them the utmost respect uh, from Vince McMahon down, and gave them a standing ovation when they got backstage. I would assume it because um, for, you know, for two big body guys to work the way they work, take some of the bumps they took. Uh, to start the match off as quick as they started, which I'll get into in a second, I was shocked at, you know, where, where Braun right, went, went right after the heat and then uh, kind of a knockout blow <clears throat> to go to a commercial break uh, from Big Show on Braun. I thought it was real cool, and I was surprised to see it start that way, but let's back up a little bit. Um, like I said, I never really expected this match to be this strong. Um before the main event happened, like sprinkled throughout Raw, the three-hour broadcast, they had give us uh, some packaging, video packaging, on the cage, uh, and uh, not the cage. I'm sorry, on this angle and with the ring breaking, I should say, uh, the previous match with Braun and Big Show. And I don't know who edited that video package. Uh, one of the main editors there is a guy named Adam Panucci, who I've mentioned before on here. Some of you guys might have heard of him. Adam's been there a lot of years. I'm assuming this was Adam's work. I don't know. Um, Adam has been one of the main uh, post-production video uh, producers uh, for WWE for many, many decades, a uh, long time. Uh, Adam's one of those guys who, who you would think this guy looks like an old gray-haired guy because <clears throat> he's been working behind the scenes in WWE for so many years and so many hours because <clears throat> the guy don't get much many days off. Um and he works, uh, he's burning the midnight oil, as the expression goes. But Adam, if you saw this guy, yeah, he looks like he's in college. He looks like, he looks like he'd be hanging out at a frat house drinking drinking a beer. I mean, he, he looks like a young guy, uh, Adam. Uh, he's just, he's just super energy, funny guy who is just so talented and and has been the one of the main post-production video editors for Raw for, for years, many, many years. There's <clears throat> so many talented... Uh, post-production folks there at, at the studio who I miss a lot. A lot of those guys I miss, um, you know, um, guys like Chris Chambers, guys like Adam Panucci, uh, you know, guys like Chris Lawler. These guys are names that are in the trenches you don't hear about that make video packaging like you saw with this, the ring breaking with Braun and Big Show and, and, and the ref taking that bump and all that. Package was phenomenal. Phenomenal, and and uh, it was also a, a really, 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 really cool and intelligent touch interviewing the referee John Cone uh, about what happened in their previous matchup with these two behemoths. It was a great touch. They finally gave a referee an identity. We haven't seen that in quite some time. Um, <laughs> that's another topic, but uh, it, it was it, it was really smart. I thought to have Charlie Caruso interview. Uh, John Cone. I thought that was a very, very nice touch. Bottom line, I mean, uh, they they made this match, this main event. They did what they're supposed to do, and they made the main they made the main event really mean something. It they made it mean something that I'm I'm curious to see what kind of numbers they get with the ratings in that main event uh, because they're not going against Monday Night Football yet. I guess that's next week. Uh, I mean, the NFL, they went up against a college game last night. 
so, you know, I, I would think that um, a college football game, I would think that maybe their numbers are pretty good for this main event list. I, I thought the build, the crescendo throughout the three hours for this main event was done perfectly. Um, Got to tell you, I, it made me enjoy Raw more. I stayed up to watch the main event. Usually I hit the hay a little early because I get up early for work here. But, um, uh, and by the way, if, you, if you're just listening, I'm still not in Manhattan. I'm uh, on Skype Jones here, live Skype video g- gimmick here. So, uh, but hopefully you guys can hear me loud and clear here. How now, brown cow? But, um, yeah. So the thing is, man, like, I, I, I loved it. I loved the build of the main event, and I love the main event. And the way these two big guys worked, and Big Show, brother, I tip my cap to you for a guy that's, you and I are probably the same age or close to it. <laughs> I'm pushing 50. And this guy is 10 times my size. His body uh, has got to be feeling it because he's so big and all the bumps he's taken for a big man. Um, man, I, I give him so much credit. I tip my cap that he can go out there and work like he worked for a guy his size at his age. He don't have to do that. Big Show is a very intelligent guy. He's an ultra-successful guy, um, super guy, really nice guy, and smart, smart with his money. He doesn't need to go, he don't need to work. <laughs> I'm just telling you guys. Like, he, you know, I know he likes his toys. He does, you know, he does spend some money on some toys, but I'm just saying he, he's made a lot of money, a lot of money. But he goes out there, and he's not a mark for himself either, guys, trust me. He loves to do this. And he gets, you know, the hardcore fan, the hardcore fan base, uh, the internet fan base, the wrestling community, pro wrestling community online and stuff, whatever you guys want to be called. You know, Big Show's not an internet darling. I don't remember the last time, if ever, he's been an internet darling. Okay, after last night's performance and, and his whole career, and by his heart and soul and and. And uh, determination to steal the show last night and be in the main event on Raw. Hey, this guy should be into the darling. This was tremendous. He did a great job. Great job. And his promo that he cut uh, beforehand, I thought was just awesome. Awesome. I, I mean, I, you know, he shaved the beard. Okay. And then I'm starting to wonder as I watch the match. And I think he was shaving last week, too. So I'm wondering that he knew that he was going to be in this angle with Braun Strowman. Obviously, he knew. Maybe someone suggested, maybe Vince or somebody, maybe you know, Big Show smart enough to know. Ah, you know what? I can always grow my beard back, you know, because it's me and Braun, two big guys with two big long, you know, black beards. It looks kind of like funky. So uh, it's like you know, too many similarities. And Big Show knows enough. He's passing the torch, the big man torch to Braun Strowman. Um, man, it's it, it's good stuff. I got to tell you, in a day and age of the undersized pro wrestler being the more popular or internet darling or uh, getting over more, even more with the office from an athletic perspective and where it's not about being six foot four, you know, 270 pounds anymore. That's not the end all be all. That's not the, uh, that's not it anymore. It's about athleticism and performance and, and being crisp in the ring. Also having a connectivity to the audience. In this day and age where it's not about the big behemoth anymore, the big massive pro wrestler, 
listen, big show, turn back the clock, turned it up a little bit, and I, I can't put him over enough out here. I, I thought he was tremendous. And feel free, guys, to tweet him and tell him, hey, guys, give you high praise or don't do shit. That's up to you. I don't care. <laughs> don't matter to me. I'm just telling you, like, the guy deserves a lot of credit. I even tweeted about him. It's tough to do what he did. I usually don't talk about Big Show much out here. I have nothing negative to say about the guy. I've always gotten along with Show. Um, I've wrestled him. I respect him. Uh, he could have damn near killed me in that one spot we did, and he didn't. And he was concerned that I was okay because his massively giant, you know, building-like skyscraper body fell on me while I was went backwards, and he was on top of me. Not fun, but, you know, Big Show was a pro, and... Uh, you know, was concerned and all this, and, and you know. But anyway, um, he's just a good guy, no matter if I wrestled him or not. He, he was—he's just a tremendous guy. So I couldn't be happy for him. I—I uh, I really loved the match, the main event. I know we're going kind of starting off with the back end first here. Um, like I said, it started off fast, and uh, you know, meaning they didn't get into like a lot of times you see two giant guys where it's a little bit more. You know, slower pace right out of the box type thing. You know, where it, it, it's like they're gonna lock up and go to the corner. One guy's gonna look at the hard camera. Rawr, the other guy's gonna go put his hand up and all this. They didn't do that. You know, these guys got after it and um, they left it quick. And then they got to commercial break and came back from the break and just went into their spots. And it was impressive. I mean, to see not one but both these guys. A fall on the top rope, nuts first. Yam bag squisher. I mean, that that was for a big show. When Big Show did that, and they were in Omaha, Nebraska, the place popped like crazy when he fell on the top rope. It was crazy because of the bump that he took up there. The way he landed was insane. I mean, like for a guy that big, <sighs> Cup Jones right there. Oof. I look like it hurt. <laughs> but they they um uh, that they did some stuff out of the corner, which led to one of the bigger moments in the match that I think people will remember, and it also was a great job by the announcers. Man, I'm putting over WWE a lot here. Well, Taz, you work for them. That's why they're paying you now. Yes, that's exactly. Yes, exactly. Absolutely. Yes, I work for them. Um, the announcers did an amazing job of not just putting over that gigantic elbow off the top rope by Big Show. But the story they told before he dropped the elbow, Michael Cole led the charge on this and did an excellent job. Corey uh, uh, tightened it up also in Booker. Uh, but I'm telling you, the story they were telling, building the sense of urgency of Big Show about to come off this top rope with this elbow. They had time also because Big Show's so big and he was leaning on the cage to obviously keep his balance before he jumped off the ropes. They had time, the announcers did, to even give you a little bit of a pass. I, I think it was Corey who said, you know, back when Big Show was first coming up, he would do an elbow off the top. They had the right amount of angst in their voice, the right amount of sense of urgency in their voice. They were not screaming at you, oh my God, Big Show's going to do an elbow off the top, oh my God. They were not being obnoxious. They were not screaming. They were loud. But just because you're screaming doesn't mean you're selling the excitement. Sometimes screaming just means you're yelling loud, and it's annoying. You know, Michael Cole has mastered 
at times when the time is right, yelling and not yelling, uh, projecting and broadcasting louder to get over that sense of urgency. And he did that last night and he did a great job of it, especially with this high spot of this big elbow off the top rope by the big show. I was very impressed with the announcing before the elbow even happened on that particular spot. And then once show uh, came off the way they sold it and the replays and all, it was great. And for big show to do that spot and credit Braun Strowman for laying there with that big son bitch is going to come down on you. <laughs> it's got to be a scary tight, even if a uh, sight, even if you're the, the size of Braun Strowman, that shit still got a little scary. I got to be honest with you. Uh, it, I was very impressed. You can hear it in my voice. I was very impressed with the match. Um, I, I was very impressed with the plethora of really uh, timed out properly false finishes that felt right, that felt clean. Um, they were placed right. Uh, the audience, I don't know how it was in the building, just watching at home, I mean, it seemed like they were really amped up. I mean, like amped up into this match. Um, some of the broadcasts, I didn't have my my TV audio up loud. I had some other stuff going on. But for this one, I was listening, and they sounded, you know, pretty vocal. I, mean, I don't know about what you guys thought, but it definitely sounded to me, um, you know, which was nice. I mean, Omaha, Nebraska, it's not exactly a hotbed for pro wrestling, but there's always been a lot of good shows there. But I don't think anyone in this day and age or the past 20 years, I, I, no disrespect to those folks there in that, in the great, in that uh, great state of Nebraska. But I'm just saying it's not like um, it's not known like, you know, kind of like Texas or like Florida or Georgia or working in the middle of New York City or Brooklyn or Queens or Philadelphia or Chicago. You know, these type of areas where for years they're known to have this loud and ruckus crowd, you know, Tampa. You know, like, uh, I'll tell you what, Omaha and that main event, they helped make it. Those people seemed loud to me, and they popped at the right time. You know, the only thing in this main event, not to be nitpicking, but the finish did feel flat. I mean, I like that Braun won. I think Braun should have won. Um, he's your guy. He's your young guy. He's the guy you're making. Um, I, I think it fell a little flat, just him doing his finish, the running power slam. Um, it did feel a little flat. It did. Uh, it it kind of that whole match was <clears throat> took you on a nice roller coaster ride from a physical storytelling perspective, and then I felt like that Ronnie Power Slam fell a little flat for me. Um, just me. Maybe you guys disagree, and that's cool. Um, I'm just telling you how I felt. Uh, I I'm all about getting guys finishes over. Trust me, and I do know, and I can explain to you guys. That when you have a guy the size of Braun lifting in the air a man the size of Big Show, he's going to run or take one or two steps and do a, a, a Davy Boy Smith-esque power slam. That's a little clunky, a little cumbersome for two giant guys, one guy to lift the other guy. Put him up here and then run and dump him. I mean, it, it, it doesn't scream high-energy, fast-paced. You know what I mean? Because they're so heavy. Even though Braun is strong as hell, it's not easy to lift a guy the size of Big Show. And, you know, Braun can lift him, that's obvious, but it's not like he's lifting, you know, a, a 205 cruiserweight guy where you can just flip him up on his shoulder and run and do the bump quick and one, two, three, it's over. So it was a little bit slow in that regard. And just pulling back the curtain, I would have maybe done a, a quicker spot or something else. Not this, but like a big boot that was quick 
or something off of the cage. Um, I, 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 but you know what? I don't think people are going to say what I said or think about what I just said, where it's just that that finish was a little bit flat, in my opinion. That doesn't take away from how great this stuff was. They did a great job. Um, the end, um, the, they had me for a second because I'm like, oh, man, wow, uh, what the hell? You guys did a great job throughout the three-hour Raw with video packaging and selling the ring broke, the ring broke, the ring broke, showing us the ring broke, the ring broke, the ring broke, which is like a cool construction or deconstruction moment where we all love, that's a little kid in us, we all love when we see something break that's big. <laughs> so, so when you see a ring break with two big guys and a ring is big, it's pretty cool. And you see the people's reactions and stuff. So that was great. But, you know, now you're building up this expectation of, all right, what are you going to do tonight? Now you hooked me. Now I want to watch. What are you breaking? Are you going to break the cage? Are you going to break the ring again? What are you going to break? What are you going to break? And so the match happens. They break nothing. The finish comes. They break nothing. I'm like, yeah, what happened? And uh, next thing we know, fast forward, Big Show then becomes like a lawn dart. Through the cage, on one panel of the cage, one side of the cage, and the place went crazy when uh, Braun Strowman, you know, drove Big Show uh, through there like a lawn dart. So I think that kind of uh, felt, gave people like good closure on the angle. Like, hey, you guys broke the ring the last time, this time you broke the cage. That's cool. You know, so I, I think that was smart and nice by WWE. And I tell you, it was a good touch to take us kind of like you took us up, up, up. Use my good hand. It took us up, 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 and then the finish happened, and no ring broke, no deconstruction. It was like, and then they did a lawn dart spot, and then whoa, went back up again. So a good little roller coaster. I thought that was cool, and good job by WWE. Whoever booked this finish, not finish, whoever booked this match, what big show and Braun, I I say uh, great job. You know, uh, I I love the way it was done. Me me per personally, I thought it was cool. I enjoyed it immensely, big time. So um, I'm take a quick call before I go uh, to break. Hey, uh, Noah in Alabama, you're on the Taz Show. What do you say there, house? Hey, what's up, Taz? How you doing? Yeah, what's going on? First off, big time roll tide. They did it again. It don't matter. Come on, you won a game. Stop acting like, you know. You beat Florida State, who's ranked in the top three. I know, but bro, come on. They did it again. Or did they win a national championship on Saturday? Stop, please. Making a statement. I didn't, I I, I'll be honest. I did not I expect them to actually blow Florida State's offense out of the water like that. Yeah. I, well, I came in expecting a shootout and Bama to pull away late and not absolutely just bowl over them on defense I, like they did. This part I agree with. This part I agree with. I, I I do I did I was watching some of the Nebraska game I have to be honest we, we were struggling with Alabama State why I don't know um so <laughs> but but yeah your 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 uh you know your Alabama Crimson Tide looks very strong uh, for sure we knew this was going to happen Noah and we knew that no matter if it was Tuesday today or Monday or Friday you were going to call to get in your roll tide it was coming roll tide till the day I die. <laughs> I'm happy for you, buddy. Now, who do you guys got next? Fresno State. All right. Well, you know, well, now you guys playing them home? At home. Home opener. Oof. Well, I feel bad for the Bulldogs. Uh, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a mock for the Fresno State program. Um, 
you got to be careful with them, though, because they, they can be a little shifty. They got some of those shifty. They got some of those West Coast guys that can flat out fly off those wings uh, and catch some football. So you got to be careful. But you guys are legit. I mean, you guys are like a freaking NFL team. I wish the Alabama Crimson Tide, Noah, could all just wear Buffalo Bill uniforms and just go play up north. <laughs> Awesome. Take Nick Saban, put Nick Saban up there, get rid of McDermott. I'm in. I'm all in. I'm telling you. Honestly, when we do send guys up there and build uniforms, they just trade them away. I, I don't get it. Don't even, don't even get me started. Uh, don't even get me started. But I, but I appreciate your calling very much, my friend. Thank you so much. Noah, the great Noah Howell, longtime Taz Show fan. If you haven't noticed, he's a big Alabama football fan uh, for sure. Uh, so that's it. I might have time for one more call before we go to break. Let's do that. Let's go to Joe in Staten Island. You are on the Taz Show. What's up? What's up, Taz? How you doing, Joe? Uh, good, good. I just got to work. So I'm trying to, you know, I'm going in soon, so I wanted to get to you. I'm glad I got to you. Uh, What's up? I just wanted to do one quick fantasy booking with a tag team. Me, personally, yes, uh, Heavy Machinery, I really like them. But I really would love to see if they could have put Lars Sullivan with Otis. I think that would be a great tag team together, just from their look and like how like grungy they look and like you know, not bad, uh, not bad. They got money invested uh, in the other uh, big cat, not Otis. Who's the other guy? The taller guy would have. I'm drawing Michael's name. Yeah, I can't think of his name right now myself either. Uh, Dennis, do you know his name? Uh, give me a second. Not a big deal. Um, so so your fantasy booking on it would be. You're saying you would put uh, uh, Lars Sullivan with Otis? Yeah. What do we do? We get the guy. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. We gotta find something for him. <laughs> but uh, and I just want to try to put over two quick things if I could. Uh, yeah, go for it. I work. For, I work for the NYPD. Uh, just a shout out to everybody from the NYPD. Just hardest working people on the planet. Amen. And, uh, Are you a police officer, sir? Are you a police officer? Yes, sir. At the 120 precinct in Staten Island. Well, I appreciate um, your service, obviously, and I think all of us do. Uh, you know, I appreciate a, that. Especially in this day and age, Joe, you know, in this day and age, as you know, you live it. I mean, all you guys do, uh, it's tough to be a police officer. And it don't yep. matter it, what color your skin is. It's tough to be a police officer in this day and age. Yep. It really is. Yep, it's just a dangerous atmosphere. Yeah, but you know and, uh, what, man? Uh, it's for men and women like you that are out there keeping us safe, doing the right thing, and uh, I, I respect you, dude, and I appreciate it. Uh, anytime you want to come down to the one two zero on me, I'll, I'll take care of you all day. That sounds good. I might have to take out. You know, I, I might have to take up. And sometimes I run around there, Staten Island. I got some family there, my man. So uh, I appreciate in. you. I will. I'll just walk in. That's it. <laughs> I appreciate you, Joe. I appreciate it, man. Thank you, buddy. One more quick thing. Let me just throw out. Oh that. yeah, yeah. Go, go. I gotta go to break. Hurry up. Uh, Sean Maluda, that was in the Cruiserweight Classic. He's uh, yeah. one of my best friends for life. I went to high school with him. I've known him for 15 plus years. Talk to him every day. Uh, I hope to God he gets signed one day. Uh, he's he's worked Bobby Roode, Drew McIntyre, uh, Hideo Itami, uh, to name a few on NXT. And you know, I really hope he gets a chance soon. He, he, Yo, he is. I'll tell you, he's underratedly good. The kid. I mean, I've watched, now, where, now um, where, where did he grow? He grew up in New York. Where's he from? From Staten Island. We went to Wagner High School together. Wagner. Now, uh, Wagner High School is now Wagner College, right? No, no. It's two different things. Well, I know one's a college, one's a high school, but I didn't <laughs> know if they were near each other. Uh, no, no. They're about they're about two miles away. You guys the Eagles, too, like the college team? Yes. 
It's the same thing, bro. It's two miles away. Same name and everything. We yeah. call him like, fuck. <laughs> I didn't yeah, know he's from Staten Island. Joe, I didn't know he's from Staten Island. That's wild. I, I didn't know that. But uh, who uh, who broke him in? Who trained him? Uh, he, he trained with Alpha, who I've met in, uh, oh, now in the Wild Samoan yeah, yeah. Training Center. Yeah, now he's down in Florida with him uh, doing WXW. Good. Yeah, well, listen, and, uh, Joe, I appreciate your calling, buddy, and I agree on Sean Maluda. I think he's a very talented kid. I like him even more. I know he's a New York kid. Uh, but on that note, we're going to go to break here. Uh, other side of break, we'll get into talking about some more stuff on Raw. And, well, we got to got to pose the question about Jason Jordan. Right? Jason Jordan. Did his stock rise last night on Raw? I'll hit you with that on the other side of break. This is the Taz Show. Sit tight. Network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. All right, guys, y'all back here live on this Tuesday edition. Cash Show, I'm live via Skype video as the uh, Cash Show crew is in the middle of New York City, Manhattan at the studio. And um, so, we get into talking about Jason Jordan stock rising, top stock dropping after last night's raw. I'll get into discuss that in a second, but first I want to discuss with you an amazing watch for an amazing price. And I'm talking about movement watches, guys. Okay, movement watches starting at just ninety-five dollars. That's right. Okay, at a department store, you're looking at these watches. These type of watches would be four to five hundred dollars. Okay, when I got my movement watch from Movement, I'm like, what the heck? This thing is legit. I've had some big name watches in my day. This thing stands right up to them, and that's the truth. And I got a great deal for you too. So just hear what I got to tell you here for a second. Okay, Movement, this company, they learned by selling online, they're able to cut out the middleman and retail markup, providing the best possible price for us, okay, for the customer. Okay, so that's why you go online, okay, and you go to movement.com, okay, mbmt.com, I should say. I'll get into that in a second. Okay, and you get this classic design watch, quality construction, you'll get tons of compliment. They have a plethora of different styles to choose from. It's unbelievable. Check this out, kids. Over 1 million watches sold in over 160 How big is that? So look, get 15% off right now with free shipping and free returns by going to mvmt.com slash T-A-Z. That's mvmt.com slash T-A-Z. Okay, this watch has really clean design, guys. And seriously, I've been getting tons of compliments ever since I put it on. Okay, and now is the time to step up your watch game, kids. Go to MVMT.com slash T-A-Z. Get your 50% off. And don't forget, join the movement. Basically, guys, okay, they're a good company. They put the cash up. And uh, it's good stuff right there. So, Jason Jordan, discuss this young man. Okay, I give a lot of opinion about him for quite some time. Um, I have to tell you, last night, 
watching him work with uh, John Cena in the first segment of Raw. I thought it was a really good match. I enjoyed the match. I thought his stock rose. I thought his stock rose for sure. I, I felt like um, he's. Why do I still have music here? What's going on? Thanks. Okay, I felt like uh, his stock rose. Uh, I felt like John Cena, who's not going to get enough credit for this, adds to that. Okay, that's called the rub, guys. Okay, <laughs> you guys, you know, you, 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 a lot of you know what that that word. You think you know what that word means, but you never lived it. That's called the rub. So as much as people hate on Cena, he gave him the rub. Okay, and it plays in perfectly to have him lose, meaning Jason Jordan, to the story that they're doing with Roman Reigns and John Cena. And I kind of tweeted out uh, once we saw Roman Reigns come out at the end of the match. I kind of knew what he was going to say. Uh, he did it again, John, the golden shovel, you buried a young talent. I'm paraphrasing, but that type of concept. You toyed with the guy, you did this, you did that. I loved Roman Reigns' promo. I'll get to that in a second. This match, this match was fast, it was physical, it was well done. People were into it. They, they put Jason Jordan, now we knew they were giving him a push when they put him as Kurt's son, illegitimate son. But they put Jason Jordan in a prime position to get over. Okay, they did, by making him Kurt's son. That's number one. Number two, I've been saying they should turn him heel, and I still think they should turn him heel. And I thought for a second they were going to turn him last night, which they would have got up, he would have got a babyface pop when he, Kurt beat him. I'm sorry, when uh, uh, Cena beat him, and he, like, raised his hands, like, good job, kid. And Jordan's like, oh, thanks. He kind of put his head down and walked away. And then Roman's Rain, Roman Reigns music hit. Good Lord. If they didn't have Roman Reigns music come out, and they had, this is me just spitball bucking on the fly. If they had Roman Reigns, I'm sorry, let me back up. If they had John Cena say to the kid, say to Jason Jordan, hey, good job. And Jordan's like, oh, thanks. Thanks, Mr. Cena. It was great. And as John turns his back and what's his name? Jordan goes to walk away. Jordan from behind attacks Cena. That place would have erupted. That place would have, and then you as an audience would have cared more about Jason Jordan then. You would have cared about him. Matter of fact, his baby face or heel. You would have cared about him. You would have took the bull by the horns and just attacked John Cena, hit him with a big German suplex or something. Then, as he's leaving, meaning uh, uh, Jason Jordan, not a bunch of heat, just that, as he's leaving, you hit Roman's Reigns music, Roman comes to the stage laughing, you go to break on that, there's your hook, you come back from break, and John's still selling, don't have Roman in the ring with John, have Roman on the, on the stage or the bottom of the ramp, and ah, look at you, you just got dumped on your friggin' head because you tried to bury another young talent. Good shit, that's how you do it, they did the whole, all right, uh, Mr. Senior, I lost, thank you for the opportunity to wrestle you, I'll go, You know, close arm and back of the head, something. I'm saying that that to me would have been money. And then you still could go into your John, I'm sorry, your John Cena or Roman Reigns business. It's easy. Whatever. What do I know, right? But um, the match itself was good. Um, I think it helped Jason Jordan. I think put him in the first segment of Raw is always a big plus because they're hot and they got a match right away. You know, and, and that's cool, right? I don't know if they did a promo first, but I think it went right to the match, I believe. But. Cena won the match, which, you know, some people I think would think, oh, maybe this is it. Maybe this is where Jason Jordan wins. Maybe Cena does the job here. Maybe. I mean, it wouldn't have been the end of the world. 
if they would have been creative and had John Cena lose the match, you know, and and uh, and going to keep Cena strong and still do the business of Roman Reigns. I know it sounds, it sounds a little crazy, but there was a way to do it. You could have done that. That's fine. I have no problem with Jordan losing. I have a problem with him just being a gullible babyface walking out, okay, thank you, and just leaving with his head down after he did the job. After this guy Cena says, good job. I, I, I would have liked to have seen him be a little bit of a douchebag, meaning um, Jason Jordan. So I now I care about him. Now I care about him. He did something I care about. And then you can decide in a week if he's a good guy or a bad guy. Have Kurt Angle next week yell at him or later in the show, what the hell is wrong with you? You're my kid. You can't do that. You can't just attack John Cena. This guy inducted me in the Hall of Fame. He was the speed. You can't do that. And then Jason Jordan goes, look, I can do whatever I want. Where you been my whole life? I did pretty good without you. Okay, I'll do what I got to do. Uh, you don't care now? Now you really care about Jason Jordan. They're obviously not going the Emma route, which I was screaming about, make him his girlfriend, Emma and uh, uh, Jordan. They didn't go that route. But, geez, are you kidding me? To do that promo right there? Without, and they'll do that eventually. Oh, that's coming. The Jason Jordan, the Kurt Angle, where were you my whole life? Where were you when I was wrestling high school and lost a match and crying on the way home? You were not there to console me or pick me up. Where were you when I was in college and I won my, my first big match? Whatever. You know, where were you when I when I was playing baseball and struck a guy out, you know, and, and won it for my team? Where were you? You were not there, that type of thing. That's an easy story. Easy Jones. Oh, it's coming. <laughs> it's coming. I just, I would have used Cena as the catalyst. I would have used Cena as the catalyst. It would have been a good side story just for Jason Jordan and Kurt Angle and gave it some legs. Right now, who cares? This is Kurt Angle's illegitimate son. Who gives a shit anymore? Really? Who cares? Do something to make us care. But it doesn't take away from the fact it was a good match. It doesn't take away from the fact that Cena gave the kid the rub. And, and I think WWE did the right thing by the kid, Jordan, by putting him in that first segment. Okay, I think that was nice. I think it was good. Not that they're looking to be friends with people that, they, that work for them. But I think it was, it was just a good piece of business. Uh, Sean, let's go to the phone here. Sean in Toronto. Uh, Sean in Toronto, you are on the Taz Show. What's going on, Sean? Sean. Okay. So we got a little funky situation with the phones. Is Sean there, Dennis? Okay. I guess Sean's gone. Okay. it's uh, I'm getting notification that he's no, on. He's, I don't hear He's there. We're having Pro Tools issues. Okay, great. So we're having a technical issue. That's what we call that. And um, so we can't hear Sean. Well, if you if try and keep him on, and if he ends up coming on, yell it out, and I'll, I'll get him back on the show here. I, Hello. Uh, okay, Hello. Sean, you there? Sean. I'm here. Hello? How you doing, Hello? buddy? What's going on? You can hear me, Dad? Sean, can you hear me? I can hear you. Can I you hear me? Yes. Uh, you can hear me, Dad? Yes. Okay, sorry about that. Hey, I was just calling in uh, regards to um, yesterday's uh, match between Jason Jordan and Cena. Yes. All right, as well, I love the match. I, I love the psychology of the match. I love how they kind of touched on um, John Cena's first match with uh, Kurt Angle. Yes. And I loved, um, I know you talk about making uh, moves your own, and I really loved that uh, double rolling um, Northern Lake suplex that Jason Jordan used. I don't recall anyone ever really using that move. I hope that's I, the move. I, thought, I, I, I uh, let me interrupt you, Sean. I loved it. I, I, I never did it. I mean, 
I humbly say I could have done it. I, uh, <laughs> I, I've never done it. I, I thought of doing something similar, but because of my neck and tweaking back on my neck like that, I was a little concerned. But no, I, I love it. I, I'm sure someone else has done it. I assume someone is, if not, very innovative by Jordan. And I, and I've been saying that the kid needs to be innovative instead of just taking guys' stuff. You know, needs to, and and if maybe this is the beginning of him doing something like that. I, I, this is what I believe I think we could see uh, in the following weeks. I think uh, based on that great match and the, the promo that Roman Reigns cut on Cena, I assume we might see a match maybe between Reigns and uh, Jordan next week. Could be. It could be. I, I would definitely I, – I would do that. I would have – did you hear what I was saying while you were on hold? I mean, I, I would have oh, went yes, the other I, way. I heard you the whole time. Yeah. Okay. Good. Well, I appreciate you calling, Sean. And I, I, I like you, I, like you, uh, enjoyed – that man thanks for calling sean um and i, I you're right i mean sean makes a good point there i mean uh definitely innovated on that northern light slot uh, uh spot with the with his back neck bridge flipping back into another throw uh, good stuff right there good patch finally uh someone nailed a nice bridge that wasn't a female under 110 pounds so it's nice to see a wrestler uh finally hit a good bridge and stay in it um, was it an amazing bridge? I'll be a dick on this one. It wasn't amazing. It was a good bridge. Um, so uh, I'm a little bit of a bridge snob. I apologize. I, I worked hard on mine for a long time, so I take pride in that. Uh, let's go to uh, who we got here. We got Matt in uh, San Antonio, Texas. You're on the Taz Show. Matt, how are you, buddy? Hey, what's going on, Taz? Big Matt, what's up, bud? Hey, uh, I'm from Houston. I'm not from San Antonio. Sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, wait, you wait. Say that again. You're from you're from Houston. Yeah, I'm from Houston. All right. Well, I'm sorry. The person screening the call is putting here that says you're from San Antonio. So, uh, how's things in Houston for you, my friend? Hey, it's uh, going good. We're you know we had a tough week and uh, really just bouncing back. It's kind of kind of amazing how the city just bounced back. Um, now, your particular home or apartment, whatever, are you your subdivision, your area? Are you underwater? What? I'm just curious. Like, what's your situation? Um, it was underwater. I was actually. That's the one reason I called to put you over. I was stuck in my apartment for about three days, and you know, you, you know, you're just here and just stuck. And I had like a um, couple episodes of the Tash Show, you know, saved up, and you know, you helped me get through it. <laughs> That's really nice to hear, buddy. Well, I'm glad you're doing all right. Uh, yeah, did you have power the whole while or not? Uh, yeah, I was actually lucky. Um, I'm, I was actually in, in my apartment complex. I was a little, little on higher ground, so water never got in my apartment. And I kept power pretty much the whole time. Uh, I think yeah. maybe during the night it just went out for a little bit. But uh, unfortunately, my car, it was a casualty to the flood. It, it wasn't on high ground. Horrible. It was horrible, man. Horrible. Uh, what else you want to talk about, bud? Yeah, um, yeah. just wanted to put you over on that. I mean, yeah, it, it really got me entertained, and I just like how you always just keep things real, and you just, you know, you, it just sounds like, well, before I found the Tash Show, I, I was listening to Roddy Piper's podcast, and, you know, he talks just like you. You know, you talk from the heart. You talk real, you know, you, sometimes you can hear people that just say something just to get a rating, but you know that you yeah. just talk from the heart, that there's no BS well, from you, and I really enjoy that. Well, Matt, I appreciate you calling. Thank you, and I and I appreciate those kind words, and I hope things 
okay for you there uh, in your home of Houston. Um, you know, stay safe there. And I know this is just the beginning for these folks here down there in Houston, bouncing back. You know, it's not on the news all the time now. You don't hear about it maybe as much as we did last week. But, you know, uh, that's why guys like J.J. Watt from the Houston Texans raised, I think it's something like $12, $13 million, whatever the heck it was, insane for the relief and, and, the, blue, and uh, the Red Cross and everybody just trying to, you know, we, we got to keep awareness up for these people. You know, it's like uh, now is when the real work begins uh, to bounce them back and their homes destroyed and their personal belongings, uh, you know, uh, the, the casualties of lives. And it's uh, heartbreaking. And uh, it's not the way things are supposed to go. It sucks, you know. And, and uh, Matt and uh, Houston, thank you for calling. And I appreciate uh, you uh Comparing my voice or me or my style anywhere near to the late great Roddy Piper, who I respected immensely. Um, that's very nice of you. Uh, so, uh, so yeah. So let, let me take another call here. Actually, speaking of Matt, now this is Matt in San Antonio. We had two Matts on the phone, both from Texas. So we had our lines crossed between who was from Houston, who was from San Antonio. Now, Matt, you're in San Antonio. <laughs> yes, sir, I am. How's it going, Tazman? Good, Matt. What's up? Talk to me. Okay, first of all, I know um, I've been listening to your show since day one. I think, I could be wrong, and you could correct me. I think you're not a New England Patriots fan. No need to say that, sir. Correct, I am not. Okay, well, you might be happy in knowing in the fact that he is on the cover of Madden this year, the video game, and as you know, the Madden curse, there's a highly chance that he might get injured this year. So, This is a good point. Wait, you said injured? The- Injured, yes, because the Madden curse is normally who's on the cover of the video game gets injured. Yeah, I don't want to see him get injured. I don't want to see Tom Brady get injured. I don't want to see anybody get injured. But I know, I know you're not saying you want me to say that. I know that. Right. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying I just want to be on the record. I never ever would want any athlete to get injured, even though I do not like Tom Brady. I do think he's an amazing quarterback. Uh, I do, and I wish he was a Buffalo Bill, and I also wished he wasn't in the AFC East. Um, but but uh, the Madden curse could be a good thing. I wouldn't mind him losing every freaking game because he's undercover. Uh, and that's the thing. I got to say, Matt, why put him? You know, and Matt, thank you for calling, dude. I got to go break here in a second. Thanks for calling, bro. But why, 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 why is Tom Brady undercover of the Madden game? Are there not any young players? Are there not any guys that they should market and put on a come up and build up? What are we doing? Like we talk about wrestling. Like, you know, John Cena, and I know he's in our football pool, but let's be honest. John Cena, the first 32, 33 minutes, whatever it was, of Raw, he was in. Could we not dedicate some time to a younger guy? Yeah, Jason Jordan got some of that time. But that's a lot of time to have one main focus on one guy. It's equivalent to, like, the Tom Brady. And what a coincidence. They're both Boston guys, even though Brady's not technically from Boston. But you get my drift. Um... Anywhere I can rip the, the Patriots, I will. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, yeah, that Madden, you can't find for the cover a, a younger player on the come up, a guy that, you know, instead of promoting and pushing uh, Tom Brady, really? I, I think that's EA Sports, whoever that is. I mean, come on. Got to do a better job of that. Why? It, it, it's, he's going to sell video games? I understand that. And I understand it's kind of like, you know, He's a household name. I got it. And he's won seven billion championships. And he's he never uh, has a uh, has an incompletion. And he never throws interception. And he never gets sacked. I know he's the greatest player in the world. I know. I got it. 
Okay, I understand. I understand. I understand. I understand. I got it. But I don't think put him on the cover. Put somebody else on the cover. Okay? Put Shady McCoy on the cover. How about that? I've never had Shady. He's the Buffalo Bills running back, for those that don't know. Shady. Uh, let me take one more call before I go to break, and that is the man known as Joe. They call him Janela Joe in Ohio. You're on the Taz Show. Janela Joe, what's up? Good gimmick, Taz! Janela Joe I... in the toilet bowls. What's up? Well, I, uh... Thank you. Just about heading in on, uh, on a job as we speak, but, uh, I wanted to throw in my two cents with the, uh, uh, why am I blanking out? Markology, Markology. 101. Markology. So I wanted to uh, ask the great Tassaurus, what would be a good word to use for spot? The table spot, oh, like, the like high spot, spot, high bigger? spot. Uh, I was thinking, well, I was thinking something along the lines of, uh, you know, you'd hear, uh, Somebody talk about a spot on my glasses. So I'm thinking something along the lines of a speck. S-P-E-C. Speck. Speck's not good. We could also call it dog. A lot of dogs are named Spot. <laughs> well, and uh, speaking speaking of dogs, I was wondering if us Marks are going to have, uh, have a dog in your uh, studio alongside Rover. No. Rover does not play well with others. Janela Joe, thank you for calling. I have to go to break. Rover does not play well with others. Janela Joe, you should know that. Rover uh, avoids everyone, humans, other dogs, everything, even female dogs. He just don't like anyone. He just stays to himself, and he eats food, and then he disappears for months at a time. Then he shows up when there's a new T-shirt coming about. That's how Rover works. On that note, uh, going to break. On the other side of break, I want to talk a little bit about, well... Then have a new color commentator, I guess, on SmackDown. JBL announced his recognition, recognition that he's uh, taking a powder. Uh, what's my thoughts on that? A lot of you, you people thought maybe I'd be the guy to replace him. That's not happening. And maybe a lot of you want to know my thoughts, opinions on that. And I will give you that on the other side of break right here on the Taz Show. Sit tight. Network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Guys, back here on the Tad Show. This Tuesday edition, one hour down, one hour to go. We're going to talk about that whole JBL situation. Going to get into some chatter here about uh, Enzo and 205. But first, I want to tell you the support for the Taz Show. Comes directly from our friends at Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. They understand that the home plays a big role in your life and family. That's why they created Rocket Mortgage. Rocket Mortgage gives you the confidence you need when it comes to buying a home or refinancing your existing home loan. And guess what, kids? It's the best part. It's simple. Okay, very simple. Whether you're looking to buy your first home or your 10th, with Rocket Mortgage, you get a transparent, very simple online process that gives you the confidence to make an informed decision. We've even had a caller here, a fan of the Taz Show, who recently used Rocket Mortgage, called into the show, um, and, and praised how easy and simple it was, and the man is buying his first, uh, first home, so congrats to him. Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans, kids. Apply simply, 
understand fully, and mortgage confidently. To get started, please go to rocketmortgage.com slash TAZ. Okay, that's rocketmortgage.com slash TAZ. Equal housing lender licensed in all 50 states. NMLSconsumeraccess.org number 3030. So make sure you jump on that for sure. So I'm going to talk a little bit in a while here about Enzo and 205 Live. I have some thoughts on that. But first, I want to talk a little bit about uh, the whole situation with JBL because uh, he uh, he basically handed in his notice saying that he's not doing uh, he's not calling SmackDown no more. He's still going to do some work with WWE, like big events and stuff. And he'll always be part of WWE, in my opinion. He's got a real good bond and friendship with Vince and uh, Triple H and these guys. So, you know, they like him a lot. And he's, you know, they've always liked him for a long time. So, uh, personally, I guess they, they're friends with him or whatever and and that's cool. Um, so, uh, okay, so here's the thing, right? Um, I went on uh, Facebook Live, I think it was Friday night, um, you know, not not actually like on my show. Uh, I went on just uh, straight Raw Jones right on my Facebook page. And uh, a bunch of you guys and other people uh, jumped on and watched and communicated with yours truly. And on that, I kind of gave some thoughts about and the JBL news just broke and and so I I was talking about that that's not why I went, that's not why I went on Facebook live but it was just the timing worked out perfect and um a lot of you guys were like on there saying dude you you need to go and be back on smackdown now you need to replace <clears throat> JBL I'll get into that in a second now so some of you guys might be thinking well why the hell uh, would a guy uh say bye bye to a gig Make a lot of money where you're on worldwide TV once a week, you have to travel. You know, and I kind of explained this a little bit that there's a lot more to it than that. The travel actually ends up being like a three day a week gig. There's some stress in the job. And when you have to travel, it takes you away from other things maybe you're trying to do. <clears throat> and as we get older, a lot of us from the entertainment business, especially wrestling, we try to brand ourselves in all different facets of entertainment. Um, or other, not just entertainment, just in life. You're trying to, you know, <laughs> that's the thing that a lot of fans just don't understand. Um, you know, as a wrestler, your prime is, I don't know, I never looked at the research on the ages, but your prime to make money is from probably your mid-20s to your mid to late 30s, and then that's that. You know, so at the end of the day, let's say hypothetically, you retire from the ring and you don't get an opportunity to be a broadcaster like me or JBL. Uh, you get an opportunity. You don't get that opportunity. And you retire from the ring for argument's sake at 40 or 41, something like that, 42, 43. You still got – that's not old, guys. Now, maybe some of you listening or watching me right now that are like under 20 years old or in your early 20s, ah, 40, 45 sounds old, Taz. And it's not that old. And you're not that far from it. <laughs> so it's not that old. Um, you know uh, – 42, 43, 40 years old is not old. And now your wrestling career is over. How do you make money? How, how do you uh, feed your family? How do you pay your bills? How do you live life? You know, it, you hit it. You got to make as much money as you can, as quick as you can in this industry. And if you get an opportunity to stay in it as a broadcaster like I did or like JBL or Booker T, then God bless you. That's great. I mean, I've been fortunate. I was lucky. Those guys are lucky. They'll be the first to tell you, you know, when you could do that. Okay, it takes talent, obviously, but you're lucky. So now, JBL 
he does a lot of different charity work. He lives in uh, the Bahamas, I think. So that itself has got to be a bitch to travel. Um, I think there was some scuttlebutt that he's been looking like, about a year or so ago. He was thinking about, um, you know, moving on and leaving WWE uh, way before this whole, there's a lot of speculation that the whole Mauro Ronaldo thing and all that. And like, come on. Stop, because uh, JBL went on that Dancing with the Table show and said whatever he said about Mauro because JBL was ribbing him backstage. I was tweeting about this a little bit yesterday. Um, y- you know, uh, <laughs> that's a whole other topic. I just think we as a society need to get a little bit tougher. You know, everybody's so PC, especially in, like in wrestling. It's like, like, come on, like, really? Like, <laughs> just, I-, I don't know. I'm from a different era of business. I'm not, con- I'm not saying that wrestlers should rib each other and people should put toothpicks in people's locks in cars. So I wouldn't even work anymore because people use remotes to open their car doors. There's no more key locks. I guess I am old. Um, but no, you know, like, I, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with some good-natured ribbing. I, I don't. I think it builds camaraderie. It sees, if d- does this guy or girl really take themselves too seriously? Do we want to spend uh, over, you know, 280, 275 days on the road with this person if this person takes themselves too seriously i know somebody think oh taz you took yourself too seriously i know that because i've heard it in shoot interviews oh taz i read that on the dirt sheets years ago you took yourself too seriously okay got it you read it there or saw it on one of those platforms then it's definitely true <laughs> i cough <laughs> so the thing with jbl okay the thing with jbl i i I personally say, good for you, my man. Congrats on a great career in the ring and at the booth. Um, I think it's great what he's what he's done in his career. He's had a lot of success at the announce desk. He's had a lot of success, uh, obviously, in the ring. Um, I humbly say I feel the same way about myself. I was never this long-reigning WWE champ like he was, and he got definitely a better push than I did as a wrestling WWE, for sure. Uh, it also helped him that he's six foot six during that era when I was <laughs> a few inches above five foot six. So that helped him. Uh, but I digress. But um, I'm a little competitive, sorry. But but he had a great career in the ring and a great career at the announce desk. Um, let the guy go go about his business. He's looking to go do some good works. He's looking to do some good things, man. Uh, what the f? Like really? <laughs> it's oh well, Mara, I'll think with Mara. I'll stop it. Mara's got a job. He's got a, a, a bunch of jobs. Mauro's fine. Stop feeling bad for Mauro. Really, guys? He just called May- Mayweather McGregor. He calls NXT every week. Poor Mauro. Stop it. Well, JBL's a bully. How do you know JBL's a bully? How? 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 JBL is a big kid. He has fun. He, 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 he's the big jock on the football team that's in the class, you know, needling guys. And some would say he's a bully. Oh, Joey Styles had the incident. Well, look, none of you guys were on that plane. What happened? Nobody was there. Um, you know, you people don't know. I, I'll defend the guy. Look, on those plane rides, I wasn't on that plane ride, that in particular plane ride. On those type of trips, a lot of guys are having a good time, and they're drinking, and, and everybody's just chilling because no one's driving cars. So you're letting your hair down. And sometimes when you drink, you act stupid, and that's what happens. And, and it's okay. Shit happens. You know, I mean, really. But then the internet gets hold of it. It's like, oh, my God, uh, JBL's a bully, and he finally got knocked on his ass. Okay, got it. Great. That means JBL's soft now. I got it. I understand. Because Rob Van Dam took a swipe at me over 20-something years ago. Taz is soft. I got it. 
I understand. I understand how things are. I got. It. I got it. I understand. Even though Rob and I are friends and we talked and we've he's been on my show a couple times and we've discussed this. Like it's still. Oh no, you're soft, Taz. You're soft. Okay, I'm soft. And JBL's soft too because Joey knocked him out. I got it. I understand. Knocked him out cold. Tyson. Boom. Dropped him. Oy vey. So look. The guy had a good career. The guy sacrificed in the business. He worked his ass off, made a lot of money. He had an excellent career. And you should tip your captain, in my opinion. You guys can do what you want. You can hate on him. You can love him. I don't care. It's none of my business. Okay? As far as me uh, going into the announce booth and doing that role, um, I, you know, they didn't call me, and they're not going to call me. You know, look, WWE and I probably have something in common. Uh, one major thing in common. We start, they're a gigantic enterprise, and I'm one guy. Right? That's not the thing we have in common. Obviously, that would be kind of weird. The WWE for putting me, Taz, on one on their live show as in a character form. It's pretty safe to say for quite some time, I am in their rearview mirror. And the thing that WWE and I have in common is when I look at my rearview mirror in regards to being a live performer in any facet for their shows, they're in my rearview mirror. And that's the truth. I, I have things that I'm trying to do here with this show. No matter if it stays here in this platform, it goes to another platform. And I'm very ultra proud of this audience that we built here together. I, I talk about that a lot. I'm not looking to just you know give that away. Or just say goodbye to that. Okay, that's something I take a lot of pride in. It took a long time to do. And a lot of blood, sweat, and tears. Going through a lot of different staff members on the show. And going through a, a, a lot of... Uh, look, we're on the cusp here of 450 live shows. That's a lot of live shows for one guy. And I'm that one guy. Okay? So, I, I'm just telling you. <laughs> I'm just telling you. Um... Look, everybody's got a price. I believe in with Ted DiBiase, Million Dollar Man. Everybody's got a price. I got a price, too. I ain't going to lie. I got a price. I'll be the first to admit it. Oh, you're damn right. I'll sell out in a hoppy. <laughs> I'm kind of kidding when I say that. <laughs> they're, they're not going to open up. They're not going to roll up the Brinks truck to have a color commentator come in. That was a color commentator there years ago, meaning me. They're not opening the Brinks truck for that. And to be honest, even if they were going to open a Brinks truck, I'd have to think about it. It'd have to be a lot of Brinks trucks. You know what I mean? I, I just, I, I'm happy. I'm happy doing what I'm doing, and, and I'm very proud to say I'm doing very well. So I, I, I can't, and I appreciate CBS and what they do for me for the past couple of years here with my contract and everything. So, and hopefully the show stays here. We'll see. I mean, there's some things going on, good things. So we'll see what happens. But, but that's another topic. As far as me calling SmackDown, look, I, I never expected to hear from them. Never. And I didn't hear from them. I No. And that's fine. That's totally fine. I, I do my show the same way all the time. Look, also, besides, I mean, the rearview mirror thing, besides that, like, why? I don't understand why they would want me on there anyway. You know, I, I come out here and I'm, I critique them at times. And, you know, they're not really used to that from someone who's worked with them in the pit. For a long time at different levels so they're not used to coming out here and someone really critiquing them or giving an honest assessment of them like someone would give a sports team but yet they have the nfl commissioner on their radio show but yet on the radio they just bashed them but yet this guy will still come on their show 
that's not how the rest of business works. That's not how WWE is. You know, I, 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 I think if you got a big time WWE officials in your room and said, well, is Taz too outspoken about your content, about your booking, blah, 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 they would say, oh, that's fine. He's entitled to his opinion. He's earned it. They put me over. They tell, oh, yeah. But behind the scenes, like, we don't want that guy here. He's too outspoken. He's got too much to say. He doesn't fall in line. And also, I'm not safe, you know? When you take Corey Graves, and that's a different topic, and have him now call SmackDown and Raw, because Corey cleared that up that he's calling both. Okay, and I, I'm a fan of Corey. I like him. I met the kid once, did that ECW show, uh, that uh, panel show with him on WWE Network. He's a great kid. I like him. I think he's very talented. He's the best color commentator they have. Um, but uh, that's a safe move they did. That's safe. They want safe, WWE. They want safe, simple. They don't, they're not looking to ruffle feathers. They, they're not. They're not looking, they're not looking to bring someone in in a commentating position to now the buzz is on this guy. He's here doing commentating now. They don't want that. And they shouldn't want that. They should concentrate on getting their young wrestlers over, male and female. That should be their number one goal. Okay. I come in there doing SmackDown. It's not like I'm going to be the talk of the town. I'm not exaggerating. I don't want to seem egotistical. That's not what I mean. I'm just saying it's going to be a good amount of attention on that for a little while. Um, I, you know, and also to work with on the air, um, I'm kind of, uh, uh, they would have to reel me in. And they don't want to have to reel me in. They don't want someone who's going to really say how he feels. And I'm going to have to fall in line and now get, have someone in my ear producing me, no matter if it's Vince or whoever. I don't know if I'm signing up for that guy. I got to be honest. I, I I believe in freedom of speech, coming out here and doing my thing, and that's what I think you people like about my show. Uh, it's it's as unfiltered as I could be. Um, I go work there, that's gone. Oh, sure, I could just call wrestling and get their town over. I think I could do better than anybody they got there, and I mean that. <laughs> I mean that from the bottom of my heart. I'm not confident in my ability when I'm focused to get people over. Um, and to get over the physicality in the ring and to explain it. And uh, that's why a lot of these guys take a lot of things that I've said and, and, and hack it. And they use my words or they use JR's words or some other commentators because they're not being innovative and, and they, they, this stuff stuck. Well, I, I, I can tell you that I know, and if this sounds like me being a blowhard, then I'm a blowhard. I don't give a shit. I'm just letting you know, I can call wrestling right now. Okay, right now it's 8.21 a.m. on Tuesday on September 5th. I could go into ringside or an announce booth right now and call a main event on WrestleMania with my eyes closed. And I promise you, I could do that right now. And I'm proud to say that. But that's years of working. And just like JR can do that. Just like Joey Styles can turn around and do that. Just like Mike Tanay can turn around and do that. When you do this long enough at the highest level, you could literally roll out of bed, have a sip of coffee, throw some water on your face, and do the shit. Okay, I can do that with no problem. Can I deal with someone in my headset micromanaging me? Uh, probably not anymore. I have zero desire for that. Uh, do I want to deal with getting on a plane every week, going to a different town? No. Will that affect the way the Taz show is done? Yes. Is that something that's bothering me? That would bother me? Yes. Is that something I'm looking to trade in? Uh, probably not, unless there's a couple of brink shots. <laughs> so, I mean, that's the long and short of it there. As far as me going on there, uh, as far as JBL, look, I mean, you know, a lot of people just read things and you believe what you read or you believe what you hear or you believe this or you believe that. 
uh, yeah, maybe there's a little truth here and there to some stuff. But I can tell you, I've shared a locker room with JBL. I've been on many flights with JBL when JBL moved to New York. Uh, and I was calling SmackDown, and uh, he might have been the champ. I don't remember. But, um, uh, you know, we were, we'd we be on the same plane, same flights at LaGuardia. So we got to know each other even more, you know. Uh, he's a good guy, man. Um, he just, when he's around... I don't know how he is now, but the way he used to be, when he's around the guys, he just he likes to you know muck it up, and and he's a he's he's a he's a man's man type guy, you know. That's just the way he is, you know. And it just and it rubs some people the wrong way, you know. I you know I've been on trips with him, international trips, trips in, in America here, uh, road trips, and um, you know shared lockers with him, and he's never got on my nerves. I've never had a problem with him at all. Uh, I always got along with him, you know, never ever. So I really can't say anything bad about the guy. You know, um, when um, I remember, like, during a time, Michael Cole and I, were, when we were in our, doing our SmackDown commentating team for a long time, and then once it got to a point uh, that I just, you know, Cole and I were having a little bit of a riff. Um, uh, it was probably a little bit of me being a little bit hypersensitive to some stuff, and it just was ticking me off. That was had nothing to do with wrestling. Um, but that was a long time ago. That's Water Under the Bridge. I kind of I wanted off SmackDown, and um, and I know I spoke with them, and they were starting the, the rebirth of ECW, which unfortunately kind of fell on its, flat on its face. I'm not saying I was a fan of it, but I knew it was an opportunity to kind of work with Joey Styles. Uh, Cole and I just we were not enjoying working with each other at that time anymore. Um, so then you know I got to work with Joey, and they slipped me over to ECW, and that left an opening for JBL to go into the commentary table. So you're welcome, JBL. <laughs> I'm being a sarcastic douche. Apologize. Uh, let me take a call before I go to break here. Uh, let's go uh, to uh, Big J in Kansas City. Big J, you're on the Taz show. Hey, good moment, Taz. Hope you had a good Labor Day weekend. You too, buddy. How you doing? I'm good, man. Hey, I just wanted to talk to you. You know, I'm a big wrestling fan. I talked to you last week about uh, Ty Dillinger, and I wanted to ask you about all the injuries to all the superstars. You know, you look at Big Cash, you look at Bailey, you look at Samoa Joe, I think is on the shelf for a little bit, and my favorite yeah. team, the Revival, you got uh, Dash Wilder, uh, or Scott Dawson is out with the arm injury. It's just, do you think it hurts the creative team, and do you think it helps, it hurts their push? when it comes to them getting injured, and especially with like a team like the Revival, who's been both, both of them have been injured, and they just, they lost their luster, man. I just wish they were out there and to see one come back and then the other get injured. It's like, man, what's your take on stuff like that? Because for me as a fan, I look at it and I say, man, it, it, it sucks because you, you want to see them out there and do well, but for them to be injured, it, it, I, I know it's got to hurt the creative team. Um, it's more about and Big J. I appreciate you calling and um, <clears throat> good question, and I'll handle it right now. Um, yeah, the injuries obviously suck. I, I could tell you from experience. You know, I, I don't know if it hurts the creative team as much as you think. I do think at times they have contingency plans. Okay, let's go with this guy in this role, and maybe just in case something happens, we have this guy at the next level. We could get him to the to we'll push him if this guy gets hurt or this girl gets hurt. Uh, I think there's a couple of contingency plans in place usually. So as far as hurting the creative teams, I, I don't know about that. I, I think, but it's it's the it's the nature of the beast, as the cliche goes. You know what I mean, uh, Big J? Uh, and the creative team knows that. Wrestlers know that. Vince McMahon knows that. Injuries are going to happen. You know, you're 
you, 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 you know, I talk about a lot. You're on the road all the time. There's no offseason. And that's not just a throwaway line. That's a complete shoot. So there's no offseason. That basically means these men and women are grinding on the road hundreds of days a year. They get their bodies don't get a break. And that's why you got to make sure you're training to keep your body as rigid, as strong as you can. And even some of the guys and girls that do that, and they all train, they still get hurt. I mean, it's not that they're injury prone. It's just that sometimes all you got to do is plant your foot the wrong way in the middle of a spot uh, in the ring, and the canvas could buckle a little bit. Next thing you know, your knee buckles, boom, you, you blow out, you tear an ACL. It's that simple. I mean, I told my bicep, and then they were getting ready to push me on a live raw, throwing a guy in the ring. From outside the ring, throwing him in the ring, I tore my bicep right off the bone. There goes the push. And they brought me back and pushed me. So I do think that guys like Samoa Joe, I think the injury, him being on the shelf, it's going to sound weird. And, and I, I've privately talked to Joe a little bit about this. I, I think it's kind of a good thing. I think that when he comes back, it'll be even bigger and better. I, I do. I think because they're going to bring him back the right way. Because he, you know, he, he, when he got injured, he was pretty hot. You know, red hot just a couple weeks ago. And now we don't need to hear or see Joe right now. I think that's the best thing to do. Leave it like he don't exist and have him come back powerful, big time in an impactful way. Revival, the revival, a little different story. Because you're right. One guy got hurt. The other guy got hurt. You know, now the other guy's hurt. You know, the only good thing for them is tag teams are kind of needed. You know, um, we saw some good tag team stuff last night on Raw. With Rollins and uh, and uh, Dean Ambrose and Anderson and Gallows, uh, you know uh, we saw some of that stuff there, uh, and obviously with Cesaro and Sheamus too. I forgot about them, but the revival thing—I I don't think it's going to hurt them. I don't barely. It's not going to hurt, but the revival thing—I don't think it's going to hurt them at all. Look, Vince McMahon, Triple H, Triple H himself has been injured a lot. He's lived this. He understands. Vince has been injured. I mean, Stephanie knows. These people know. That this shit happens, and when it happens, they don't hold it against you. I mean, they—they—they. I don't remember WWE uh, that I can remember deep pushing someone or hurting someone's push. It might have happened because of injuries. I, I don't remember hearing that. They'll embrace it. They—they—they—they're gonna do the right thing. I believe that. I think Revival will be fine when they come back. I do, and I feel bad for those guys. I feel bad for anybody who gets hurt. I really do. I mean that from the bottom of my heart. It sucks. Totally sucks. All right, on that note, I'm going to go to break. Other side of break, I'm going to talk about Enzo, 205 Live. Is this a good thing? Is this a bad thing? What's the deal? Facebook.com slash The Taz Show. I'll be live on Facebook on the other side of break for the fourth quarter. Okay, uh, Taz Show, going to break. Uh, Sit tight. Network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. <laughs> yes, I'm back. Fourth quarter, Jones, the fourth segment. Something like that. It sounds uh, we are on Facebook Live at facebook.com slash the Taz Show. So joining us there, thank you for that. Also streaming live video and audio right now at TazShow.com. I'm live via the Skype machine as crew and team is in uh, New York City uh, at the uh, studio. So make sure I the show like uh, broadcast the show out here. I've been talking a lot about Raw, a lot of different stuff on Raw, giving a lot of opinions on um, 
that that great main event between the big show and uh Braun Strowman. I gave a lot of insights if you guys are on Facebook and you want to hear about that, I urge you to go uh to check out the podcast version of the show when it drops in a couple hours or watch the video game. Um, because I hit that pretty heavy. And uh I you guys might like some of the content I provided with that. Um the thoughts and opinions and uh you know viewpoint on the cage match main event. Uh, also, I talked a lot about the JBL in the last segment about the whole thing about him moving on. I talked about that, so you can check that out. Um, gave some thoughts and opinions on that. I talked about Jason Jordan, uh, about his uh, excellent match he had with John Cena last night. And I said I was going to talk about um, uh, Enzo, which I will hear in a second in 205 Live. Uh, before I do that, I wanted to read a quickly, read a tweet. Uh, during a break, I was able to take a peek here on the um, on Twitter, uh, my Twitter at, at official Taz, and uh, it says here uh, Patrick J Williams. This guy's tweeted at the show many times. I appreciate it. Uh, PJ Dubaya, <laughs> something like that. He said it would be cool to see you back in a guest spot in quotations, pay for you big match like Jr. does. And you know what, Pat? That would be cool. I guess I don't. Um, I don't see that happening, no. I just, I don't know why. I just don't see it happening. Um, um, I, you know, here's the thing, to be honest with you. A couple of things. And I talked about uh, in the last segment about, well, wh- about me not being, not having the time or even that much desire to go backwards and call SmackDown. I didn't hear from WWE, and I didn't expect to hear from them. I'm mean, they're moving on. I'm in their rearview mirror, and they're in my rearview mirror in, in regards to doing that kind of stuff, you know, live uh, live stuff. I really, the message to me was sent without anyone even telling me when they invited me to that SmackDown 900 to, to tape stuff for the WWE Network for that uh, ECW panel show where Corey Graves hosted it. I knew right there... <sighs> When they didn't ask me uh, to do something with Michael Cole, like call a match or do an on-camera or something, uh, I was under their roof <laughs> in Pennsylvania. Though I can't remember, remember Wilkes Barre, and that's where the building was, I think. You know, they spent money to get me there from my show from Manhattan to Pennsylvania. They were professional and nice enough to do that. They gave me anything I wanted at the arena. They treated me like gold. They really did. Everyone from Vince McMahon down was was so cool. Uh, everybody. I got to catch up with so many friends behind the scenes. Um, meet a lot of new wrestlers, uh, talent I never met before. Everyone treated me treated me like gold. Uh, they never asked me to do anything in that SmackDown 900. I left the, right, right as the show was starting, the actual 900 show. I was done doing my taped ECW uh, panel show w- with them. So um, I got, they had a car there for me. I got in the car and I left, you know, and I, and I came home. I mean, so I had a show to do in the morning, <laughs> so I had work to do. Um, I, but I, I got to thinking, like, you know, hey, they, they didn't ask me. Not that they got to kiss my ass, because they don't, but they didn't ask me to do anything. So right there, I knew, okay, they, look, they've moved on, and they should move on. They, they don't need me. They never needed me. They don't need anybody, guys. Uh, no one's bigger than the brand. Nobody. <laughs> Nobody there. Nevertheless, me. I was never bigger than the brand. Nowhere near it. So... You know, the message to me, and I don't think they was like they meant to send me a message, but I received a message that I called a lot of smackdowns with Michael Cole. Michael Cole was in the building. I was in the building at that SmackDown 900, and they never asked me to do a damn thing. 
Uh, yet they were all real cool, like I said, but they weren't looking me to do, do anything. So right there I knew uh, those days are gone. Not only that, Brooklyn. They've done so many shows in Brooklyn. I've never been in the Barclays Center in my life. I got a feeling some people, if I showed up at Barclays, some people might still remember me, some might not. The bulk of them might not know who the hell I am. But I think I think that that some would. Uh, I think some would. They've never looked to capitalize on that in one iota. They've gone back to the garden, done a lot of special shows. They never contacted me. I, I was never Steve Austin level or Shawn Michaels level. I was never in the loop like those guys or The Rock. I was nowhere near a big name like these guys. And I wasn't tight with Vince like that or anybody else in the company or Triple H. It just, I did my shit and that was that. You know, I mean, that that's, you know, I, I was a loyal soldier and they were loyal to me. And then that was that. Um... You know, I also got to tell you, I also think that, and I might have said this in the past here on the Taz show, I think that, um, and this could be, maybe I could be wrong on this, but I think I might be right. You know, you got to understand something, guys. I, I left on my terms when I left and took some time off, then went to TNA. I left on my terms. I had a contract ahead in front of me, and I left on my terms. And I gave ample notice, and I was professional about it. And I've talked about this before. I'm not going to get into a long, drawn-out thing here, I promise you. But... When you leave on your terms, sometimes that could bother them a little bit because that's they, they don't have control. Okay, I was able to leave and go do other things and do well for myself and my family without the machine helping me. And I still do pretty well, and I'm hum humbly telling you I'm fine, <laughs> more than fine. So, you know, uh, I'm proud of that. Some guys, they need that machine. They need to be there. They need it. Um, I'm not knocking those guys. I'm just saying I, I don't. Uh, and I'm proud of that. And, and, and I have to thank most of you people who listen or watch my show and support my show because it's because of you guys that the popularity of the show, uh, at first the podcast, when it was even a podcast machine, that, that really took off. And then I was lucky enough for CBS to do what they did with me here um, with the live daily uh, video streaming show. So... So anyway, so that's the deal with me. Enough about me. Let's talk about Enzo. So Enzo, uh, I, look, a lot of you people say some stuff about Enzo you don't like. And a lot of people are like, well, he's got heat. He's got heat. We've talked about this. And Mike Johnson and I talked about it when he was on. All this stuff. Enzo heat. And I've been saying, hey, what heat? I mean, he might have some guys in the locker room that don't like him. But who gives a shit? They don't pay your bills. Okay? The fans pay your bills. And Vince is the guy who approves payroll to cut the check. So uh, this guy makes 205 more interesting. No matter if you like him or not, he makes 205 Live more interesting. Just look at look at the segment last night. They had six guys and a six-man, and a, a bulk of it was this guy, Enzo, cutting a promo. And these other five athletes waiting. It was five athletes, right? I think it was, yeah. Um, it was a three-on-three, six-man. And this guy just had all of my time, meaning Enzo. And I, I'm fine with it. He carried the segment himself. And no matter if you like his promo skills, no matter if you like his content or not, he carried it. It's simple. Done. And Vince believes in him. If you didn't believe in him, he would not be getting all the mic time and TV time he gets. Then he goes and he wrestles this long-ass six-man, and he wins. Okay? So it, it, I'm just telling you, the guy, they're going to build this division around him because he is probably the most interesting guy in the division. Now, maybe the hardcore wrestling purists are like, bullshit, Cedric Alexander is a stud. He's 10 times better than Enzo. Dude, 
Every guy in that ring is better than Enzo in the ring. They are. But it ain't it ain't all about what goes on in the ring. It's about the character. It's about the performing character. It's about the reaction of the audience. Who's over more? Enzo. He's over more. If we were doing that match in Ring of Honor or at the old ECW arena or in TNA at the Impact Zone, yeah. Yeah. Cedric Alexander and Tony Nese, people would like them better than Enzo. No doubt. But guess what? You're not doing a match there. You're doing a match in a big-ass building in Omaha, Nebraska, and they don't care about inside terms, the fan, the bulk of those fans, and they don't care about, you know, it, uh, uh, who, who does the better, you know, uh, high spots or flips or whatever. Or They don't care. They care about who they know from TV, and they react to it. Because there's more casual fans there, it seemed, from the reaction, to, 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 uh, to you know, hardcore fans. That's what it seemed like to me. So... I, I think it's pretty obvious. I mean, to me, it jumps out like a sore thumb that they are, uh, you know, they're building this division around Enzo. They really are. It, it, it's it's very obvious to me. Like, super obvious. I'm looking at Facebook Live uh, right now. Thanks for everybody that's on Facebook Live. I appreciate you. Uh, some guy, Aaron, I missed his other name. He said, you are right. Thank you. I'm sorry I missed your name. I'm not good at the scroll gimmick on here. Uh, this guy here says, Jeffrey Clark on Facebook Live. He says, biggest pop ever for two or five guys on Raw. I think so. And I think a lot of it is, I, I, maybe I'm crazy. You guys might think I'm, I'm wrong, and that's okay. You're entitled to think I'm wrong. I, I, I think it's a lot to do with this kid Enzo. I really do. He's a star. No matter if we like it or not, he's a star. Steven Mantell said, Taz is very right. Yes, I am very right. Not just right. Very. Very, very, very right. Absolutely. Uh, so Michael Luce said Enzo is the greatest Matt technician in wrestling history exclamation point I hope you're joking because you're incorrect um, so that's the deal Vernon B. Hayes on Facebook Live said did you talk about the cage match all caps he gets the joke obviously I did earlier in the show like I said uh, Jeffrey Clark all caps talk raw I did that earlier he gets it look it so the thing about 205 Live I do think that uh if they mix in um, guys like Neville, who's just a great heel there, which they are doing with Enzo, and the way they're doing this, I think it works. I do think Enzo is going to be the new champ. I don't know if that's the right thing to do. I I, I, I think they're going to do it. I would keep it on Neville, um, and I'll tell you why I would keep it on Neville. Uh, I, I think if you keep it on Neville – and you have Enzo chase Neville, it's wrestling booking 101 and it works. Enzo can sell a little bit and bump a lot for this guy Neville. Enzo can talk, Neville can talk. Uh, I think you have, you build this thing up more where Enzo is just chasing and then when the time is right, you have him win. I don't think the time is right for, uh, for the, what is it, No Mercy? Uh, Dennis, is the pay-per-view No Mercy? It is, yes. All right, coming up. Yeah, I don't think they should do it. I know what they're doing, a four-way, a three-way? What are they doing? Uh, they're having a five-way battle tonight to determine the number one contender. It'll be right. uh, Cedric Alexander, um, Enzo, obviously, Grand Metalik, and then two other. I think Tony Nice and the Brian Kendrick are the other two to round out the five. Okay, so so then uh, then that's what they're going to do. They're probably, obviously, I think Enzo will, be the guy, Enzo will be the guy that wins, I guess. I didn't follow that whole part of the story last night. I don't know. I must have missed that part, but I watched 95% of the whole Raw show. But, 
you know, I, I, I think if you do a one-on-one -on -one match at No Mercy and you go Enzo, he wins, and you go Enzo versus uh, for the championship versus Neville at No Mercy, I'd have Enzo lose to this guy's finish. I'd have a great, I'd have them have the best match you could, um, but I'd have Neville win, and then keep that story going. No reason to end it now. There's no reason at all not to end that Enzo story now. Uh, let's go to the phone real quick. Hey, last caller of the day. Let's go to Bad Money Slim in Pennsylvania. You're on the Taz Show. What's up, man? What's going on, Taz? I, uh, I'm all right. I, I called today just to say that, like, I've listened, like a lot of people, to every episode of the Taz Show. And today is a perfect example as to why the Taz Show is the best and only thing going today. Nothing but honesty, your true opinion. I mean, it's absolute insight at its best when it comes to professional wrestling. Well, listen to me. Slim, I appreciate your kind words. You know that. Now, I have a question for you. So, but, and that's so nice, but what about all the other uh, podcasts out there that talk about wrestling? All the other experts, what about them? Yeah, I... The, the, there's a couple out there that I do listen to, but they they don't talk about wrestling in this decade. Mm, I feel you. You know, okay. uh, it's 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 okay. just older content. And like, here's the thing: who wants to wait? Say you're uh, I don't want to drop any names. So, say you're somebody doing a wrestling podcast, and your podcast comes out on Thursday mm. or Wednesday, and they're going to talk about Monday Night Raw. Who wants to wait three four days to hear what's going I'm on? That's glad. old news. I, 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 I am glad you brought that up, Bad Money Slim, because um, it's funny. I was looking on social media, and I see, like, some of these uh, more successful podcasts, wrestling podcasts, uh, guys that, that you know, been in the game. They're, they're now – I'm seeing – now, Joe Blow's reaction to uh, – give me something that was hot last week that I talked about. I don't know. I'm drawing a blank. Somebody give me uh, something. Mayweather McGregor. Thank you. Mayweather McGregor or something with pro wrestling. What was it? Something – Oh, oh, I got it. Uh, uh, what's her name? The sexy sexy star. star thing. Yeah. Sexy star. Sexy uh, uh, Billy Schneebitz reacts to sexy star. Well, I, I, I did that last week. That's old news. Like, <laughs> so I do get your drift on that. Yeah, I, I, I'm immediate. I'm, I'm instant. Boom. You know. Um, and 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 Bam and Slim, I appreciate the kind words. Thanks for calling, my man. I do appreciate your support for all this time. And I appreciate uh, you for sure. I know you listen to other shows, and a lot of you guys listen to other shows. And I urge you to listen to other shows. You should support these guys and girls doing, you know, wrestling podcasts. Uh, in my opinion, I would support the ones that of the folks that been in the game. Just me, my perspective. You do what you want. I'm not here to tell you what to do. Uh, I believe in. I want to listen to somebody talk who's. Uh, you know, like we talk about JR has been a part of my show a lot, and I've been on JR's podcast. The Ross Report does a great job. Well, JR was never a wrestler, but JR, you know, I mean, how booked so many huge uh, angles for WWE and all his years working for Watts, all the great broadcasts he's done as an announcer, all the meetings he's been in, all the wrestlers he signed when he was in charge of talent relations. Why would you not listen to JR? He's got a lot to offer. You know, um, uh, they, they, you know, uh, Bruce Pritchett. I mean, Bruce knows. He knows. Bruce was working closely with Vince McMahon for many years. You know, Bruce knows what he's doing. You know, he does. But I'm different than those shows. I'm different than those guys. And, uh, you know, um, they're great. You know, the thing is, like, I my, – my gimmick is <sighs> – and I'm not taking a shot at him. I'm just calling a spade a spade here. I, 
I'm, I, I've, since I've done this show from the beginning, my number one thing to realize in my brain was I cannot have a governor on me. I cannot look that I'm trying to get a job back with WWE or TNA or Ring of Honor, whatever. I can't look at that like that. Because then I can't give you guys unfiltered reaction to wrestling or opinions about stuff going on in wrestling. That's easier said than done, though. You know, uh, it, it's tough. Even guys with successful podcasts, to be honest with you, a lot of them, this is not their full-time living. You can't, a lot of them cannot, and it's not a knock on them, trust me. You cannot make a full-time living for most people doing a once-a-week podcast. The money's not there like you people think there is. It's the truth. I promise you. I, I used to do it. I know. Um, I'm just telling you, it's hard. It's hard. It's hard. So, you know, maybe they want to, you know, they don't want to ruffle feathers in WWE, so they get an opportunity to do some work. Somebody, whoever, I'm not naming names, but uh, I'm not implying anyone either. I'm just saying. And that's fine. That's to each his own. You know, if someone wants to continue doing work for WWE or they financially need to or they just love it, then cool. Go for it, man. Um, that, that's great. I, I don't begrudge anyone. Never, ever, never. Never was like that. Never will be like that. Um, that's that's anyone's prerogative. That's fine. Uh, my deal, um, I, 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 I try to be as immediate and quick as possible. I try to be as honest as possible. I always, you know, sometimes I got to be honest. If I see a bad match, like, and the talent's not working good, it's that's the toughest thing for me. I have to be honest with you guys. I, I, the toughest thing for me is to sit here and knock a wrestler's ability in the ring. Like, I, I that I don't like to do. That, that's the only time I will bite my tongue and sometimes pulling the curtain back too much. Um, I... I uh, there are things that I've said to producers on my show behind the scenes about stories, stuff I've heard or seen that I won't say on the air here. Um, so I'm not, I don't want to lie and exaggerate that I'm fully honest with everything about stuff I've witnessed or seen in the wrestling business uh, because I have my integrity. I, I will not do that. But I try to give you as much, much unfiltered content as I can every day. It's not easy. Uh, trust me, it's not easy. It's hard uh, at times. Um, Especially to keep your integrity, you know. But I try my best uh, to be honest with you guys, and I appreciate Bad Money Slim and all the other longtime show uh, fans of the Taz Show. Uh, you know, like the Chan Man and 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 Kingsman and you know, Rob Nasty. I mean, the list goes on and on. There's so many, uh, so many of you guys. I mean, so to me, woo. I mean, it's is Lizette Austin. There's a whole bunch. I mean, I, I'm leaving names out because there's too many to name. I'm just just shooting the shit out here, but. No, I mean, I appreciate it so much. Um, you know, uh, really, um, I really do. I I, I'm a, I really am uh, as honest as I can be about stuff. When I see a, a match, I want to be honest with you guys about what I feel is happening in the ring. Sometimes if the talent is not that great, I try my – that's the only time I will try to skirt it because I don't want to be disrespectful to another wrestler because I would hate that and it would be embarrassing if it was done to me. And I know how hard it is to wrestle. That sounds crazy, but it is. It's a hard business to get over in. It's hard to, to learn the physical part of it. It's hard to learn the emotional and mental connection with the physical. It's a, such an underratedly difficult thing to do, especially if you work for the WWE and you got that gun to your head by Vince McMahon and company. It's hard. And Vince has to put a gun to your head. This is big boy, big girl life. This is real life. You're making real money. The pressure's on. You go to WWE, the pressure's on. When I went to TNA, I said, I will pressure myself. And they said to me, that's cool. 
The only pressure you're going to have is the pressure you put on you, and that's great. And I'm like, huh, that's that's kind of nice to hear, but why do you not pressure your talent? <laughs> like, the best coaches in sports are sometimes the real assholes. Like, the coaches are hated by the players, usually, because they're dicks. But they're aggressive, they're nasty, and they piss you off, and they pull the best out of you. That's their job, to be assholes at times. Not, not all great coaches were assholes, but I'm just saying. I'm not calling Vince McMahon an asshole. I'm just saying he can be an asshole. He's been an asshole to me before, but I've been an asshole back. <laughs> but it was all in, in, in good love. It wasn't like uh, aggressive or confrontational. You know, I mean, it can happen. Um, Joe Scallo right here on the uh, Facebook Live. Saban, exactly. Nick Saban, head coach of Alabama football, arguably the greatest college football coach ever. Probably, I mean, it'd be tough to argue. I think this guy's, his coaching staff hates him. You know what I mean? So his coaching staff hates him. So, you know, uh, Larry McDowell says on Facebook Live, how was Heyman and ECW? <sighs> Different story. The pressure you put on yourself, similar to TNA, where you put the pressure on yourself, Heyman was very good at putting pressure on us in a different way than Vince does. He did put pressure on you. He did. He did it in a different way. He did it um, like a captain of a sports team would do it. Like, come on, man. You know, let's go. Come on, come on, come on. Let's do this. Let's go out there and kick ass. Let's go out there, kick ass in that promo. Hey, look, you and Sabu, man, turn it up and, and tear it down. Go crazy, man. Do your thing. You know, it's like there's pressure. When your boss does that to you, there's pressure. A TNA, I've witnessed it. They, they would say nothing to you. Wrestlers were just going out there like robots. As a broadcaster, I was, you know, it's like, now, now when Bischoff got there, he put some pressure on guys, which I thought was good. Bischoff did. Bischoff will put some pressure on you. And I, and I think that was good. He did. At times, he put pressure on me and Mike today, too, which I liked. Because anything paled in comparison to Vince. Vince puts some pressure on you. But it makes you better. There's an old cliche, cliche expression I'm going to say, and I'm wrapping this show up. Because you got to put pressure on yourself. you got to put pressure on those around you. And, and, and the key is put pressure on yourself. No matter what job you guys have, no matter what you do, if you're raising your kids, put some pressure on them. It ain't going to break them. Okay, it's going to make them. Okay, here's the cliche line that I'm wrapping this up. And I want to thank everybody at the studio in New York for getting the show to happen today. And I want to thank all you guys who interacted on the phone or on Twitter or Facebook Live or whatever it was that you did. Uh, I appreciate you very much. And here's the thing I'm going to tell you about pressure. Old cliche line. I'm not big at the cliches, as you know, but this one I love. Diamonds are made under pressure. All right. Thanks for joining the show. I'm Taz. You're not. Adios. Screen names back.
back then when I was only worried about my top friends. Now my circle is getting smaller, all these people acting fake, man. And to be honest, I don't even have a top ten. Me against the world, I've been doing what I really love. Haters been hiding behind the screen, man, they movie cuts. And when I'm back at home, it never feels the same, cause we've been doing our own thing, trying to stay up. I wanna go back to days with no grades. We ordered the kids meal, play ball, that's all day now. I'm stuck looking at this Instagram page, but these likes on my picture don't result in getting paid now. I've been wondering where the party at, cause all of my concerns got me wondering where they got the Bacardi at. To go and pour another drink just to get away. We gotta live it up, Carolina here to stay.